Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to the NRL Show, episode 11. I'm your host, Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Tonight, we've got a full house. We've got Stacey, we've got Alex, and we've got Pierre. Look, straight off the top, guys, I guess we should talk about a little bit of work that we've done through the week. Um, Listeners, as you would know by now, the uh, Sports Network has gone through a little bit of a rebrand. We are now Mojo Sports, and really excited about that. Alex, talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, New name, uh, but yeah, still... Still all the same content, really looking forward to the future of the network. Yeah, new name. Um, kind of good to have a couple of new kind of faces and voices kind of coming on board, which would be good um, as far as kind of the NRL, NRLW, NFL. Um, so, yeah, just kind of seeing that expansion happen. And we felt like Mojo Sports was just going to be able to encompass a bit more than probably so you think you can ball. So. Yeah, no, look, really, really looking forward to it. And and Stacey, Alex touched on it a little bit. We're still a couple of days off, well, actually about 24 hours off announcing um, some really big new signings, some big additions to the network. Um, you know, without giving too much away, that's probably something the listeners should be really excited about. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think uh, anyone who's had a bit of a listen through the podcast already um, might be pleasantly surprised when, uh, you know, we announce the news on Monday. So stoked. It's going to be it's going to be really really fun and and Pierre yeah talk to us a little bit about uh, the, the the week you've had um, still trying to settle in got 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 a new house congratulations my friend thanks Dan thanks guys yeah look I'm really excited finally got the house I can now start to settle back into what's normal I'm excited to uh, obviously wait and hear the news that we're, we're going to announce on Monday but, and to see what the the new mojo is all about. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our first segment, The Huddle. And for our new listeners, uh, The Huddle is where we take a deep dive into a particular team. And this week, we've got a very interesting team that we're going to uh, talk about. You know, I think, you know, a lot, a lot of pundits had this team in the bottom four, and they have certainly uh, they have certainly surprised the rugby league community as a whole. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. We're a different footy team. And we've got a point of difference about us. Well, this is the biggest moment in several of these players' football lives. Champion players, champion club. Wanna be king in your story. I wanna know who Yeah, and this week on the huddle, we're gonna be talking about the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Stacey, gonna gonna go straight to you on this one. Be honest, tell us about your predictions at the start of the season. Did you see this season coming from Manly? Oh no. Not at all. It's, it's so hard to believe that they started so horrendously and to uh, be able to continue now with 15 straight wins, that, that seasonal momentum is coming for them and it's actually really exciting to watch. But you, the team that was, uh, you know, week one is not the team that we see now and I think that they got the best team they had in years. Alex, uh, you know, there's there's obviously a lot of talent within this group and we're going to break that down tonight, but there is a little bit of uh, luck that I want to talk about when it comes to Manly and that's around injuries. A particular player that's caught our eye and I guess the rugby league world is Tom Travojevic because, you know, he's come out and he's taking he's taken his game to an elite level. But, you know, as a coach, I just want to, just want to talk to you a little bit about the injuries that Tom has suffered in past seasons that has really restricted him. You know, he's been known for having serious hamstring issues. 
you know, I, I guess Manly fans, they're, they're very, very happy at the moment because he, seem, he seems to uh, have that under control. Yeah, and I think that's such a key aspect for a player like that is when you are healthy, how much of an impact you can make on a team. Um, and I think he was lucky kind of recently when he took that knock to the face and people kind of got a little bit worried. He's like, you know what, guys, I'm good. All is fine. And he kind of came back in fine form and and, and smashed it. So to have a player like that to stay stay healthy, I think is key for any kind of team success. And Pierre, you know, when, when we think about, you know, even your own rugby league career, when you're out on the field playing, there's always that one player, whether it's in your team or the opposition's team, that is just the standout star. You know, if anything goes wrong, get the ball to them and they're going to get you out of trouble. That's certainly been Tom Travojevic this season. He, he's, he's, a, he's some player, isn't he? Yeah, 100%, Dan. I totally agree. I mean, like you said, every team has that one or two key players that's able to do their magic, I guess you could say, with the ball and somehow they're able to get the team out of um, a sticky situation. And Stacey, um, I guess continuing with the theme of injuries, let's talk a little bit about the veteran 5'8", Kieran Foran. So I think what's really important for fans to understand is the psychological challenges that come with serious injuries, you know, and I think what's really, really impressive is that Kieran's been able to, I guess, be very honest and upfront about some of the challenges that he's had. Stacey, this guy hasn't had one or two injuries. He's, I mean, I've lost count, you know, and, and, you know, I, I think myself and a lot of people thought that he was towards the end of his career and, and, and this could possibly be the end. But, you know, he's turned around and put, you know, a hell of a season together. For sure. And for someone who's 31 years old and has, again, had so many injuries like you're talking about, he's just still such a competitor. Um, he still runs those edges so well. And uh, he looks to be in the best form that we've seen him in years. Like, it's actually so hard to believe where he's come from and to where he is now. He's gameplay is just different he's playing with so much more confidence and in doing so he he's leading the team really well with that veteran experience he always knows what play to make um, and he controls the team really well but you know from a mental uh, standpoint from coming back from an injury especially at that age like I mean you just look at him and you go man you should not be playing right now yeah and, and I guess you know one of the things we overlook too is how much of a difference it makes if, if you're happy, you know, if you're enjoying rugby league, you know, it, it seems like, you know, when you talk to coaches, it's always X's and O's and there's so much complexity to the game. Sometimes we've just got to strip it back, you know. I, I, do you love rugby league? And Kieran, you can just tell this season that he's loving his footy. He's enjoying being back at his club there in Manly and he's playing some great football. All right, Alex, let's talk about this from a coach's perspective. In terms of building a squad, um, as a coach, you would love to just go out and buy – $31 million players, but it doesn't work like that. Talk to us a little bit about this money ball situation that Manly find themselves in because they've certainly been able to get a lot of value out of some of their, I guess, lower paid, uh, paid players within their squad. Yeah, as you said, any coach would kind of want to go out and pick, you know, their full squad of top tier players. But as you said, based on caps and salaries and all that, it just doesn't work that way. But I think what Manly do well and what kind of as a coach – um, you kind of look for is those players that are willing to put in the effort, right? They're not, they're not going to get paid the big bucks, you know, maybe they will one day, but right now they're kind of just those grinding players that are willing to put in the work that kind of build that depth to your squad. You know, that it, it's kind of like when you, when you draft another sports, you know, if you draft low in the rounds, you're not going to get a bad player, but you're going to get a player that's willing to work because they just want to play because they love the sport. 
Yeah, no, it's, um, it, you know, all of these ingredients sort of comes together and, and, and leads to a successful season. And yeah, guys like Brad Parker, Ruben Garrick, you know, they've been huge contributors uh, to the Manly side. You know, Lachlan Croker, he's playing one of the most important positions on the football field. Uh, and yeah, it's um, it's been really, really important for Manly. Pierre, this is your team. Uh, the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles, they've had some season and I guess part of their early season um, form and, and where they were really hitting their straps is they had a, a, a lot of really good contributions from some of their rookies. Um, you know, players like Josh Schuster were really impressive. But another player that I want to talk about is Hamoli Alakawatu. You know, obviously there's been some slight growing pains in, in, in the last couple of weeks, but he certainly looks like one hell of a football player. Yeah, look, Dan, I think he's definitely slotted into the team quite nicely. Um, he's playing his role. He's, he knows his role. He knows his responsibilities. And um, he's just been, a, I guess, a, a total asset to the team in the medals. Yeah, he's just, he's just so aggressive, Pierre. Um, and, I, and I think that that's what I like um, so much about these rookies is sometimes you can come in and you can just be intimidated by all these veterans, you know, like you almost, you almost, you know, I guess we're all taught to kind of respect people, but, you know, sometimes you just want rookies to go out there, forget names, forget reputations and rip in and Olaquatu has done that uh, really successfully this season. All right, guys, well, let's uh, go around the grounds and do some predictions now. Um, Again, the momentum is building for Manly. Uh, There's a lot of expectations in and around them. Uh, What's our final predictions for them this year? And then also looking ahead, what's your prediction for them next year? Stacey, we're going to start with you. Well, they've got the the Cowboys coming up next, Um, I think, yes. Uh, So that, I mean, that sort of game, you know, Turbo reckons he's going to be playing, so... Um, they're obviously keeping, you know, the foot down on the on the throttle, um, which, you know, is probably a good thing leading into a, a playoff postseason type scenario. Um, but look, I really think that they could cause some form of upset here. Like, I don't think things are as in stone as as we thought they were even last week, um, given that the Storm's horrendous loss to the Eels. So, I'm predicting somewhere really good, maybe three. Yeah, okay, so so sort of get knocked out just before the grand final. What about next year? What's your predictions for next year? There's not much movement that's happening in 2022 around players. Like, they're, they're pretty much keeping locked and loaded with their squad. So I, I don't envision them. As long as DCE is playing a good game uh, next season, they could potentially take it one step further and make it to a grand final. Yeah, look, I, I, I tend to agree. In terms of my um, in my predictions, I think they're going to finish in, in the final four this year. I think they're going to fall one game short of the grand final. Um, I just think that they're, they're going to come up against some really high-quality teams, obviously, at that point in the season, that game. Uh, but, you know, anything can happen in that particular game. But the likes of Penrith, the likes of Melbourne Storm, going to be very, very hard to beat. Um, and I think they'd be happy with that. Um, but, yeah, I guess you've just got to see on the night. And then next season, you would like to think... Think that they could build on this season and then go a little, little, little further, maybe even make a grand final. But a lot's going to be dependent on injuries. Alex, um, same question to you: prediction for this year and next year. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the way the Storm and the Panthers have been playing, those kind of top three teams seem to be kind of at the peak. I'm not saying Manly's not, but I think they're going to have to try and battle to try and break into kind of that one, two, three spot. So I'm with you. I think they're going to sit at the four. As far as next year. I could see them kind of repeating the same kind of position they are in this year. You know, if uh, barring any serious injuries and if they keep that consistency, um, you know, I think they could sit third or fourth for next year. 
And Pierre, we were having a bit of a giggle about this one before we started tonight's recording. I think your exact words were back-to-back premiers, so you're expecting them to win this year, win next year. Uh, You know, it's a bold prediction, but uh, yeah, is is that what you're thinking at this point? 100%, Dan, as if you wouldn't. I mean, look, they had a really crappy start to the year, and I definitely agree with Stacey, but to see where where their form is going, um, and let's not forget Foran and um, DCE. They actually, back a couple of years back when Manly was in the finals, they were they were the combination. So I was actually really excited to see Foran back in the combo set again this year. Um, but this year I'm hoping and I'm praying that they get up to the top three. I know it's a bit ambitious, but hey, I've got to back my team. Um, next year I hope that they they get back up to the grand final. All right, guys, now it's time to jump into our next segment, The Match. And this is a fun one. So each and every week we put two players up against each other, 1v1, to see who comes out on top. And this week it's the battle of the outside backs, the battle of the wingers. Uh, Let's check it out. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Let's get ready to... Yeah, and we have two quality players that it will be uh, going up against each other this week. Uh, two wingers, Josh Adokar from the Melbourne Storm, will be going up against Jason Basab from the Manly Warringah Seagulls. Um, Stacey, going to start with you. Josh Adokar, he is a household name at this point uh, in that at this point in his career, but it didn't start out like that. You know, Josh had to grind his way through the junior system. I, I think he sort of came through there at the Tigers and, um, you know, was really struggling to make a name for himself, went down to Melbourne and, um, yeah, has, hasn't looked back. Yeah, definitely. And there's actually just no one more entertaining, more clutch, more exciting to watch than the Fox. Um, you know, he's the fastest guy in the league. He's up there with the most tries but and easily the most dangerous guy on the field at in any game. Uh, you know, he pressures the ball and defense really well. And and let's just let's just take a minute and accept the fact that he made face planting look good. That's true. That's true. No, he uh, he he's a big character in our game. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, Alex, you know, in terms of in terms of Josh, you know, he he's got all the skill set. But you know, one of the things that impresses me is he plays. I guess he plays at that representative level. So New South Wales and Australia in the outside backs now. You know, traditionally that's been a position where it's been very, very difficult to kind of, I, I guess, hold down that spot for, for a number of years because there's just so much competition. You know, it's a little bit different in the halves and things like that. But, you know, for, for Josh to kind of establish himself at that representative level, he really has set himself up as one of the best, uh, as one of the best wingers in the competition. Yeah, for sure. And I think that is a reward from kind of the last couple of years. He's been kind of Melbourne's top try scorer for the last three or four seasons to so just have that consistency. I think when you're looking at kind of the blues team and the national team to have someone who consistently put tries on the board, you know, that's who you want playing in those positions. And Pierre, you know, he's, he's obviously had a big decision to make in terms of, you know, everything that he's achieved in the game. He's really had to sort of look after himself financially and he's taken a big offer to go and join the cellar dwellers next year in the Canterbury Bulldogs. Talk to me a little bit about, that move next year. Do you think that Josh will still be able to maintain sort of his performances? Like, will, will he still be playing at the New South Wales Australian level uh, despite the, the change of clubs? Yeah, look, Dan, I think um, I think with what 
Josh Adokar has to offer by switching teams. I think he, like, he's obviously a, a, an experienced player. He's a dangerous player, but he's also able to transfer that over to his new club. I think he'll be a massive asset to them. Um, I mean, there's no one else in the game that can run and score tries like Ash, Josh Adokar can. Yeah. But no one else. Time, like, like how much, how much of his success is a result of the team or how much of it is it because he's just a phenomenal athlete? Like he's a phenomenal athlete. There's no doubt about it. But does he succeed most because he's in a system that is successful? Like it's going to be interesting to watch him move into the Bulldogs and, and potentially in a new position. Yeah, and Stacey, that, that's going to be my um, that's going to be my sort of follow up question to you is you know the Bulldogs are desperate for a fullback. They want an elite fullback because it's part of you know, Trent Barrett's solution down there at Canterbury is when you're trying to rebuild a club, you know, you start with the spine, you're one, you're six, you're seven, and the nine. So fullback's a big part of that. You know, when, I, I guess the Bulldogs, they, they brought a, a lot of talent in the outside backs, not necessarily in that fullback role. What's your thoughts? Could Josh Adokar make the move to fullback or would you be keeping him there in his preferred position on the wing? Oh, look, I mean, he's more than capable. You know, uh, from a defensive standpoint, he's up there with the best of them. His size, you know, puts him in a really good position to be that fullback. He's uh, he's fast, fastest man in the NRL. Uh, but, you know, I don't think you'll get the same productivity out of him, like the same production, because there'll probably be less tries uh, from, you know, because he's not in a, at a such a good team. And plus, you know, they play a completely different game style. You know, they get Adokar out in space really early, you know, and, and he forces these errors. And it's just, I don't know how he's going to go in another club, in another position. Alex, he, he does remind me a, a little bit of one of your favourite players in James Tedesco. I guess, you know, one of the, one of the I guess, the, the evolving skills that, 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 that Teddy's had to bring to the table is his passing game. I, I guess that's our first concern, isn't it? When we bring someone in from the wing, are they that modern-day player that can basically pass as well as, as your traditional playmakers? To Stacey's point, you know, what would you do if you were the coach, if you were in that position? You know, because Stacey's raised a really good point. Potentially, you're going to lose all of that production on the wing in terms of tries, but also, too, you know, does he have that passing game to be successful at fullback? Yeah, I think one of his biggest strengths, I think, has a lot to do with his Melbourne Storm teammates. You know, his job at the end of the day is to catch the ball and run the ball, right, and go and score the try. So I think moving him into that fullback spot where he's got to kind of command a little bit more and be that conductor and get those passes off, I think he's going to struggle because he's a very quick player. Um, and I don't know whether he just might be too quick for that position. Um, so I think from a coaching standpoint, keeping him out of the wing, keeping him out kind of on the wing might be beneficial um, for the Bulldogs to keep that kind of, you know, try scoring machine that he is. But if he's not getting the ball, then I guess he's not really going to score. So it's, it's, it's he's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, really. Are you just trying to fit a square auto car, you know, into a round hole? Like, I don't think that buying out of, a, like, obviously he's took a big pay cut to go where he's going, but like, I don't think spending the money on a, on a hectic player that you are hoping will fill a position is not a good way to, to start building a team. Yeah, no, you're right. Sorry. And pay rise. Yeah, no, he did, did take the, did take the big money to go there. All right, guys, well, let's have a look at his competitors tonight. Uh, Jason Sub, Pierre, we're going to start with you. This is your team. Again, one of your favorite players, I guess for fans, you know, what we do at the start of the season is we see who are all of our new signings, 
we all get very, very excited. But, you know, a lot of the times they don't necessarily uh, meet our expectations. But Jason, he, he has certainly brought a lot to the Manly Club. Yeah, look, I think this season he's definitely stepped up to the plate. He's come over from the Dragons. Um, the Dragons released him early, which was great, helped us long term. So I guess when you compare him to Adokar, he's definitely the baby between the two. Um, only running, He's only got 117 metres, average running metres versus Adokar's 126. He, he only debuted in 2019. He scored his... Uh, second try to add to his total for the season at 22 tries. Um, yeah, look, I think he's definitely one to watch for in terms of um, outside backs coming through uh, the NRL. And um, I think Manly are really lucky to have him because I think they've got some uh, a really good player in him coming through. Yeah, Alex, and these are the types of players, you know, uh, to Pierre's point, Jason's only 20, he's only very, very young, and he's already sort of established, quickly establishing himself as, as one of the uh, the better outside backs in the competition. But, you know, this is the type of player that someone like, you know, Freddie Fittler would be keeping his eye on from like an emerging player's perspective because, you know, whilst, you know, it, it, it's too early to be talking about ref football right now, you know, when, you're, when you are sort of in control of some of those state-level uh, teams, you want to be sort of looking at that, that next crop coming through. You know, from your perspective, from what you've seen of him this year, you know, is he the type of player that could be playing rep over the next couple of years? Yeah, I definitely think so. You know, I think he strikes me as one of those players that could just consistently build. And I think he's kind of really fun to watch, really from an aerial perspective. Like he gets up there and he's just a tall guy and he can contest those really, really well. Um, so I think that's fun to watch as well for him. Um, but yeah, him being young, I think he's got a bright future ahead and he's already shown that he's capable of, of um, some great skill and talent. And Stacy, you know, when we, when we sort of look at players like this, if you were to go into the lab and build a player physically, this is exactly the type of player that you would build. I, I guess it comes down to, I guess, the modern winger, isn't it? Like, you know, they, you know they, they've sort of been picked on a little bit for a lot, a lot of years uh, in rugby league, but now they're so important because they come in, they take those early carry, uh, carries, really, really important in terms of yardage. I, I guess Jason, athletically, physically, he, he's very, very impressive and, uh, yeah, certainly has a big future there at Manly. Definitely, definitely. His, you know, his combination with Garrick makes them like the best winger combination in the NRL at the moment, I think. Um, and like you were saying, like his carries out of yardage and setting up the team like from the get-go early in the tackle count is really helping Manly do what they're doing. Um, but, you know, his, I, when I watched him when he was at the Dragons, he showed uh, – he showed some elements of promise, definitely, but there was just something that didn't click properly, um, whether that was just a, a teammate thing or whatever that, that situation was. But he's got the height, um, he's got the vertical jump, he's got the speed and he finishes well and that's really what you want from an outside back. But, again, you know, he's, he's only so far been successful and effective when he's paired with Chavojevic. And Garrick, so it's like you know, how can we assess him at a different level? But he's definitely got a bright future, for sure. He struggles a little in defense, just because he's not um, he's not as as bulky. Like he's built more aerially focused, um, so he does struggle a little bit when those bigger bodies are coming at him. Um, and he's just in a lack of experience at the moment. He just doesn't see the field as well as as other wingers. So, but he's going to be good to keep an eye on for the next couple of years. That's for sure. And Pierre, just a quick question for you. Looking 
looking into the future. So Jason signed for another two seasons uh, to the end of 2023. You know, he'll be 22 years of age. Who knows? As we spoke about before, he, he, he may be right on the verge of being a rep player, if not being a rep player at that point in time. You know, what's your advice for some of these younger players when they do get to that point of their career? You know, early 20s, star on the rise. You know, obviously you're a little bit biased being a Manly supporter, but would you, would your advice be to, you know, stay with some of these high-profile clubs maybe at a lesser value or would you jump out and, and sort of try and, um, you know, try, try and get some of those bigger contracts? I guess what, what's your advice to Jason in two years' time? Do you see him staying on at Manly or do you think a cashed-up club uh, you know, might be able to um, might be able to secure him. Yeah, look, I think it really comes down to what what uh, Jason really wants out of it. Do you want to? Are you willing to sacrifice? Um, you know, going to another team to get more money, but you may not be getting the coaching, you may not be getting the same vibe, you may not be getting the same combos with everyone else on the team, or are you willing to stay what stay at the current club that you're at and um, finesse your skills? really get in there, get better in your position, um, you know, work off the combos that you have, maybe try some other positions maybe. I think really that's a personal, um, I think based on everyone's own individuality and their own uh, situation, I think it's uh, I think it's up to him and it really depends on what he wants out of this, the, the situation. All right, guys, and to round out the show, uh, it's time for Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and as always, a bit of a fun one to finish off in our Rapid Fire segment. Uh, guys, this week, uh, the question I have for you is looking at your own NRL teams that you support, who is your future captain? So are there any younger players that you, that you think could be the next leader of your club? Uh, Stacey, going to start with you over there at St. George. Yeah, look, um, I really, really like uh, Talatau Junior Amoni. He's got such a bright future. And what I love about him is that he was 14. He was 14 years old and he scored this try that he sent into the footy show and won himself 20 grand. Um after that happened, he's actually got a really interesting story because he took in Tyrell Sloan, who's playing for the Dragons at the moment, um, along with um, they played on the same SG ball for the Dragons, their premiership winning side. Um, and now he, like the rest of that team has come along too. So you're Jaden Sullivan and your Fegai twins. So I think that he's really going to stand out and step up if he stays at the Dragons. And I hope he does because... You know, it's nice to have that uh, that useful camaraderie of a junior, you know, junior journey with a whole bunch of boys like we're seeing through the Panthers come through. And that would be just what us poor tragic Dragons fans need right now. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a good one. That's exactly what I was about to say. It's definitely got the feeling of the Penrith Panthers, you know, maybe a few years ago, but we don't want to say that too loudly because obviously that sets a lot of expectations there. But, you know, all, all signs are positive. They, these these kids, they look, uh, yeah, they look of the highest quality and uh, you picked out a good one there in Junior Ramon. Uh, Alex, same question to you. Uh, yeah, I don't think it'd be a surprise pick for me on this one, but Sam Walker I think would be mine. You know, he's he's a good young talent. I think he's, he's in a good system as well. Um, I think he's a, he's a, He's one of those players where he, when need to, he steps up and he's willing to make that pass and he sees the field really well. So I think just, you know, being a leader and someone who can lead by example, which is what you want from your captain, I think he's a, he's a good 
example of someone who could be captain later down the road. Yeah, and from all reports, he, he's definitely an impressive young man at only 19 uh, years of age. And and what I'm hearing too is he's a bit of a larrikin, you know, like like the the, the Walker family. They're, they're known for sort of having a lot of fun and, and, uh, and yeah, really enjoying themselves um, off the field. So it sounds like he's got a really great personality and, uh, yeah, he's really impressing people with his with his work ethic around. So, yeah, I agree, definitely a potential uh, captain there. Uh, Pierre, what about you over there at Manly? Uh, I've actually gone with Josh Shuster. Um One of the – he plays 5'8", but he's actually been playing in the middle so far with Manly. Look, he's a really young bloke. He's 20. He's come out of the Seagulls Academy after joining the club in, when he was about 14. He's quite a confident player. He's talented and he's got great ball skills. So I think that's probably one of the young and uprising stars to watch in, in the Seagulls that will hopefully take over uh, DCE's role. Yeah, no, he's an exciting he's an exciting young guy. And we, we spoke a little bit about contracts tonight and maybe that's something, you know, halfway through your career when you're sort of getting offered big money elsewhere, um, if you might be able to slide sort of that captaincy under the table, that, that could be something to, to help you hold on to some of these really talented players. And look, for me at Newcastle, uh, I guess it's very, very easy. I've got to go with Kalen Ponga. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have to do everything we can to uh, try and mend some fences uh, with, with Kalen after letting go his best friend, uh, Connor Watson. Uh, well, you know, we fought hard for him, but he obviously went on and signed with the Sydney Roosters. But, yeah, look, we're all very, very nervous out here, out here in the Hunter. We need to make sure we keep Kalen. So, um, yeah, I, I, th- I think that's exactly what we could do with his next contract offer. You know, with Mitchell uh, Pierce stepping away from the captaincy this year and a few younger guys having a go, um, I think there's a good opportunity there for Kalen Ponga to lead the team into the future and hopefully a few premierships. All right, guys, well, that's all the time we have uh, tonight. Just wanted to thank my amazing panel. Um, Again, always bringing the heat. Really, really appreciate, uh, yeah, you guys coming in and giving your takes on Rugby League. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. If you did, uh, look, the the key to helping us here at our sports network, if you want to be involved and support, the best way of doing that is downloading our podcast, downloading our shows, subscribing and going and telling a family member, a friend about us. Uh, We continue to appreciate your support. Find us on social media. We're available on all platforms. Comment, like, send us some feedback. Uh, We really appreciate it. And until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. Team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports. Recording stopped.